Hey guys, it is Wednesday, October 27th, episode 191. And today I have Charlene Fay or Charlie Fay. She's an engineer and dev for the Interchain Foundation. Um, we discuss uh, not only the Interchain Foundation, but what they're developing and helping put together for the Cosmos ecosystem, as well as talking about the Cosmos ecosystem overall. Really good conversation. Um, I think you'll really enjoy uh, the topic as well. With that said, be sure to subscribe, make sure you subscribe, and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about blockchain, interchain, and Cosmos. Enjoy. Hey, Charlie, welcome to the Blockhash podcast. Super happy to have you on. How are you doing? Great. I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. Thanks, Brandon. It's nice yeah. to be here. It's, it's great to have you. Um, I know we kind of already talked about where you're from, but where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> um, so my roots are in, in Lafayette, Louisiana, South Louisiana, but um, I've been based in Berlin for the last decade about now. Um, I moved here even before I joined crypto and now I work here in crypto and it's a great place to be for the industry for sure. How long have you been in Berlin? Um, I moved here in 2013, so it's been quite a while. Yeah, that is a while. Um, how do you feel Berlin is in regards to, you know, crypto and, and blockchain? Like, is there quite a community there? Um, do people find it very interesting or are there a lot of startups coming out of there? Yeah, I mean, I would say within a stone's throw from we from where we are. Um, so Interchain Foundation is based out of Berlin. Um, we have almost 15 people here in Berlin. But, you know, just down the street is Ethereum Foundation. We have lunch with them pretty regularly. Also Web3 Foundation. Um, there are also a lot of startups kind of on in various ecosystems all based out of Berlin. So I think as an ecosystem uh, or as a community, it's a really rich place to be just to talk to different people and um, cross pollinate. And yeah, it's really great to be here for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Um, it, has Germany been very favorable in terms of allowing you guys to just kind of innovate and not get in the way? Yeah, I would say um, if anything, the German regulation has, you know, like, I think Germans are notoriously sticklers about the regulation. Um, and in that case, it's been at least on the on the positive side, it's been quite explicit. Um, so there have been draft judicial decisions, for example, which have been released on the classification of uh, staking rewards versus, you know, the sale of crypto assets or, you know, like I think like it, it's generally been um, as far as I can see. Um, favorable towards crypto innovation. And I think that's also a large part of the reason why there are so many of the companies based here. Um, I also think that culturally speaking, Germany has a very strong tradition of uh, people who are interested uh, on working with the decentralized technologies. So um, from both sides, I would say from, from cultural and also from political or regulatory, yeah. Yeah, and some of the best developers and engineers have always come out of Germany too. So I guess it's kind of a not a surprising thing to see a lot of them migrate or kind of, you know, come to, to Berlin or, you know, come out of Berlin in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, but Charlie, tell me more about um, your background overall. Like, how did you find yourself wanting to be in this space? Was there anything about it that really interests you that kind of drew you into crypto and blockchain? Um, what, what's your story like? So I have a 
I have a fairly unconventional tech background, I would say. Um, I didn't study computer science. I studied law, actually. Um, I studied political science um, out of undergrad. And initially, I um, had taken my LSATs in the States. So I, I went to Northwestern um, for my undergrad. And after graduating, I had originally registered to start my JD at NYU. Um, but I was actually, uh, frankly speaking, looking at the price tag and just the thought of kind of committing to that amount of time and that amount of money um, was something that really made me take a second, just have a few second thoughts, or at least just want to confirm that that's what I wanted to do. Um, I was really interested in open source law at the time. Um, and so I found kind of a way to hack that um, in the sense that I found a one-year LLM um, and that was in Munich. This was through, uh, it was also co-sponsored co by George Washington University. So there was an American kind of JD support for it, um, but it was a legal master's in intellectual property. And a lot of it was very practical training. So I thought, okay, well, you know, this seems like a good uh, one year commitment, much less expensive uh, way to just verify that I really wanted to go this direction. Um, ended up getting a job after the LLM. My plan was never to stay in Germany, but I ended up getting a job um, working as legal counsel for Intel, um, whose European headquarters are based out of Munich. Um, it's also where the European Patent Office is. Um, and yeah, so I ended up working there. Uh, halfway through my contract, realized that I didn't actually love the day-to-day -day of being a lawyer. I loved the subject matter. In a lot of ways, I still work with the subject matter uh, in another way, but I just really, you know, I found myself doing a lot of paperwork for engineers who I thought were doing really cool things. So I decided that I wanted to learn how to code. And, you know, in between, it took me a while actually to start working as an engineer. Um, that's what I've been doing for the past few years. But um, I, I had a few years where I was working a lot of odd jobs, um, mostly working with my hands, actually building installations, but also learning how to code. Um, and yeah, in that community um, and also through my experiences, um, I found myself interested in crypto initially from a political aspect. I was really interested in, as someone who kind of lived and traveled around the world a lot, um, obviously like the initial problem, which is what how everything started, I think, of uh, cross-border payments and how to, you know, send money back to the States without paying exorbitant. This was like before TransferWise even. so just like paying fees all the time. Um, it was something that I was initially just practically and politically interested in. And over time, I, I became more and more interested in tech, just like how that we how we can actually build infrastructure that allows for these uh, multinational systems to coexist and kind of flourish. So um, yeah, whenever I got a chance to start my first job, I really tried hard to get into the crypto scene. And luckily I was in Berlin and luckily I did. And it's kind of just been a wild ride ever since, I guess. <laughs> yeah. How was that transition from a lawyer to engineer? I don't imagine that was necessarily easy. Um, you know, there are a lot of similarities. I think people don't necessarily realize in the, at least the logical reasoning aspect. I find a lot of the, um, the training, like systems training in particular, whenever you are, are trained in law, like you basically are given huge quantities of information, you kind of have to synthesize and digest in a very systematic way. And I think obviously like that learned, that helped me learn how to code, but also I think it does help me um, in the position I work in now, which is a, as a product owner of IBC at Interchain Foundation. I think like getting 
being able to synthesize systems across the ecosystem is something or is a skill set that I really see use out of like every single day in my job. And um, so I think like that, that for crypto is particularly useful uh, because a lot of things are being developed at the moment and particularly at an ecosystem level, uh, which is something that IBC protocol does, does have to happen across. So Got it. Um, yeah, I mean, the practical, practical training of learning how to code, I would say everyone who wants to learn how to do it really should, should get into it. I think it's, it's much more daunting looking than it actually is. It's really just step by step. Yeah. I imagine being a lawyer is a stressful uh, career path to go down anyways. Um, at, at least, you know, learning to code and becoming a dev or an engineer, you get to be a part of something a little bit exciting. So probably maybe a little less stressful and um, maybe a little bit more fulfilling of a career, huh? Yeah, I'd say uh, the the level of really engaging conversation I have in my day to day is not not that I want to bash on any lawyers out there, mm -hmm. but um, just in my own experience, it's it's been a great choice for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet it's a lot of fun. Um, so how did you end up, you know, coming to work with the Interchain Foundation? Um, how, how did that kind of weave around? Um, yeah, so prior to Interchain, I was working on a DeFi project, which was based in the Ethereum ecosystem and uh, it's called Centrifuge. Um, they do tokenized assets, uh, supply chain assets. And uh, they also have actually a substrate sidechain. Um, and I was, in, I was there for the first two years. I was part of the first engineering team. And um, through being in the Ethereum ecosystem, I actually met Billy Renekamp. Um, he's on the board of management right now at the ICF. And we kind of just knew each other from the space. We had talked at the same meetups. We saw each other pretty regularly at different events. Um, and so when this kind of position opened up, he approached me and um, asked if I might be interested. And I think at the time I, I had been working as an engineer already for some years and I was interested in something that was first a little bit lower level um, than the DeFi application layer that I was working on at the moment. Um, and I was also interested in getting a little bit more ecosystem level. And so IBC, was something that hit all of those baskets. It was something that I also feel like really does have a lot of potential. Um, and it's something that is not, um, it's not really, it doesn't, in my head, it doesn't really have a cap to the growth potential. You know, it's something that is so generic, but at the same time, it solves a use case that really is very pertinent for every single blockchain out there, not only in the Cosmos ecosystem, but, and not only in layer one. And so I think it's, it was just something that was really exciting for me. I was really happy when, when Billy came to me. What would you say the mission is for the Interchain Foundation? Like what, what direction are they trying to go? Yeah, so um, I would say it is a great question because the history of the Interchain Foundation is, um, has been, you know, relatively over the last two years has gone through a lot of changes. Um, so I would say, this, the, the primary mission of the Interchain Foundation um, has always been to steward the technologies which are foundational to the Cosmos ecosystem. So that's the SDK, um, Tendermint Consensus Engine, and uh, IBC Protocol. Um, and that's really our focus. And I guess technically I'm hired by Interchain GmbH, which is like the German company for Interchain Foundation. But we, those teams, so Tendermint Con Consensus Engine, um, the... Uh, 
IPC protocol team and obviously the Cosmos Hub team actually um, is are all my colleagues and we're all stewarded by the Interchain Foundation. Yeah, what are some of the things that you guys at the Interchain Foundation are working on for Cosmos? You mentioned a couple of them, um, or is it mostly the SDK stuff and um, the few things you mentioned, or are there other things you guys are working on? Um, so at the moment, the entirety of the IBC core team and the Tenderman Consensus core team are under the Interchain Foundation, as well as the uh, Cosmos Hub Engineering core team. And so I would say the Cosmos Hub Engineering core team is there have been core contributors from all across the ecosystem, um, but now we are starting to build in-house a, a team which is primarily responsible for implementing all of the governance proposals that come through the hub. Okay. Is Interchain primarily responsible for helping develop these things out for Cosmos, or is there other, other groups as well? So we do have external contributors, obviously, um, Ethan Cray from Confio, Zach Emanion from Inclusion, Jack Zamplin from Sommelier. I could like I, I don't want to leave anyone out, but there have been very many individuals who have been extremely helpful in all of these efforts. Um, and of course, at the end of the day, it is a decentralized ecosystem. Um, but I would say, you know, if you if you want to talk like who is maintaining the repo or who is responsible for merging the PRs, that would be our teams. Got it. So. Let's talk about Cosmos for a second. Um, you know, what, why Cosmos? What, what's the benefit of using Cosmos, you know, over another more mainstream blockchain? Um, this has got a lot of attention over the years, like Ethereum, for example, or a new and up and coming one like Solana. Um, what, what does Cosmos offer that's different uh, for developers and people that want to, to build things on it um, from some of those players? So I would say um, one of the primary advantages is that the Cosmos SDK is very easy to start with. So it kind of allows you to very easily bootstrap and deploy a sovereign chain from the get-go. And so that means that you don't have to interact with an existing, like you don't have to first you know, get a certain amount of an existing token and you know, figure out that whole system of how you keep people uh, on ramped into your ecosystem. You can really just develop your own token, your own chain, completely sovereign. But at the same time, you can use IBC to connect that chain into the larger Cosmos ecosystem and receive most of the benefits that come with being, uh, with being part of the ecosystem, liquidity, access to products, access to features, et cetera. So I think, um, we really tried from the very beginning, the Cosmos thesis was always about chain sovereignty and the interchain uh, world. And I don't think that thesis has changed since 2016 when Ethan and Jay first came up with it. Um, and so I think walking that fine line of allowing people the freedom and independence to do what they want to do um, while offering them the benefits of being able to engage with others who want to build with them is something that yeah, we strive to achieve. What kind of things are being built on Cosmos? Um, or would you guys, or not you guys, but I guess anyone that builds on Cosmos, uh, people, you know, focusing on the most? Um, honestly, there have been so many different subject matters that are covered. I think DeFi always makes headlines uh, because mm -hmm. TVL and, you know, um, people like uh, being able to yield farm, um, et cetera. But I think uh, if you talk just about DeFi, there are a lot of exciting developments. Um, as you probably know, Terra just joined the IBC ecosystem. 
And that has been a huge, um, it, it's been a really huge event because uh, UST is the first decentralized stablecoin in the ecosystem. There was a centralized stablecoin which uh, joined the IBC ecosystem about two weeks ago, another Cosmos project called eMoney. But I think having the presence of both decentralized and centralized stablecoins and the obviously uh, tons of DeFi protocols available um, on Terra, Injective, Sommelier, Osmosis, all of these other Cosmos chains are um, are something that make the DeFi ecosystem, at least in Cosmos, extremely exciting. Um, I think one interesting thing uh, which makes Cosmos DeFi a little bit different from DeFi and other ecosystems is that because of the architecture of Cosmos and IBC, um, you don't need to have all of the financial primitives or all of the kind of logic happening on one chain uh, because you can have part of it happening on one and part of it happening on another. So what I mean specifically is something like the DeFi use case of um, Injective and Band Protocol. And these are two Cosmos projects. Injective is a DeFi protocol, um, but it doesn't necessarily have on its team, they don't have the capacity slash they don't maybe want to develop or use their resources towards something like finding pricing for DeFi assets. And so what they've done is taken the IBC Oracle data module um, developed by Band Protocol and use their IBC connection with Band Protocol, which is strictly an Oracle data uh, chain. And they use Band Protocol for their DeFi uh, asset pricing. So it you can really see kind of like how um, it's a little bit similar, but I would say more powerful than how the smart contract uh, system works in ETH, where you have you know one contract calling another contract, you have certain logic flows are primitive that are deconstructed across different contracts and it, everything is quite modular and you can you can interact with everything in a very granular way. I would say you can do this in Cosmos, but in a more powerful way because you're not interacting just one contract to contract, you're really interacting like one chain ecosystem to another chain ecosystem in still the kind of same modular and granular way. So I think the space for architecting new primitives that can exist in an interchain system is extremely big and uh, it's going to be something that's going to be uh, really exciting to watch as it unfolds over the next few years. What's your favorite project that is being developed in the Cosmos ecosystem or do you have one? I <laughs> Or one I'm, that excites you the most? Um... Part of me doesn't really want to say because as Interchain <laughs> Foundation, I, I feel like I need to be like diplomatically neutral. Um, okay. What I can say though, is that I think um, there are both existing and uh, upcoming projects that are really exciting. Um, I would say one of the upcoming projects that is really exciting for me is Sommelier. Uh, they do liquidity pools um, and they have a very interesting set of curated uh, pools. And on the existing projects, obviously Terra is, you know, one of the biggest contenders. I think they have a huge uh, potential for growth. Um, I think one of the dark, maybe like less DeFi oriented projects, which I ha think also has a great um, impact is Region Network. So they do uh, carbon credits um, on, on chain and allow people to basically buy these assets uh, and, and uh, across their portfolios. And I think this is something that um, is not often seen as much in, in crypto headlines because it's maybe not as flashy as DeFi, but I think it's really telling that in the ecosystem, there is also huge growth in projects like this, as opposed to, you know, just, uh, just yield farming, et cetera. Got it. 
Um, one more question I want to ask you before we kind of start wrapping it up. What's it been like for you, um, you know, as a female dev or engineer in this space, um, whether it's, you know, in Berlin and Germany or just overall working on um, the ecosystem and at Interchain and just within blockchain? Um, I get a lot of mixed opinions from a lot of women that end up coming on the podcast or the friends of mine or that I know on their experiences in crypto and blockchain. It's a very welcoming community, um, but I've also noticed a lot of women not maybe doing as much as they, um, or maybe not getting highlighted as much, I guess. Do you uh, feel like women in crypto kind of get that spotlight enough and get, uh, what's, what's the word, get um, recognized for how much they're actually contributing? Or what, what do you kind of feel? Or have you ever experienced that at all? Um, it's a complicated topic. It is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would have to say that I myself personally, in any of the teams I've ever worked with, um, I've been lucky enough to never experience that in my own team. And I would actually have to highlight that all of the engineers and even non-engineers I've worked with have always been extraordinarily yeah, egalitarian. Um, and I would say that's probably the word that I would like to strive for in in my larger ecosystem, uh, where I, I definitely would have to agree with your friends that I have definitely experienced situations where I, I thought to myself after, well, if I wasn't a woman, that probably wouldn't have happened to me. Um, but I think that it, it can be tricky to walk that balance. Um, I think that on the one hand, uh, giving someone credit or acknowledgement um, in a situation where they may otherwise be overlooked is very important. But on the other hand, I do think that sometimes there's a feeling that uh, that if you're a woman, you almost don't have expectations set for you very high. It would almost be the feeling that someone would say, um, oh, that's pretty good for a woman or something like this. Like, mm -hmm. if you, especially as an engineer, I think that, you know, you if you onboard and people just don't expect you to know as much or to be able to... Uh, produce as fast or as quickly, or um, I think that's almost just as bad as not being recognized. Like it's mm -hmm. pretty demoralizing, um, I would say. So, but it's a tricky balance. Um, I guess we're all in the process of trying to sort it out together. Yeah, I guess so. I mostly asked because in November we're trying to do a more female centric lineup um for the month because i always have on men and i don't know why and um i always get referred men and i'm just like why am i not getting referred women so we're doing um trying to have as many women on as possible in november to try and balance it out um yeah like, it's a tricky the, job. The go? <laughs> it's uh statistically speaking i think your chances of getting a man are just much higher <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> i think so yeah. But, um, um, I think I know several really great women in the industry. So if you're looking for context, I can oh, me too. After this. Oh, yeah. If you know anyone, absolutely let me know. Um, mm -hmm. Love to take recommendations. Um, anyways, Charlie, thank you for taking the time to come on the show and really explain what you guys are doing with the Interchain Foundation, your thoughts on the Cosmos ecosystem, what's being developed there. Um, it's very exciting. I know a lot of people that are building on top of it and using it. Um, really good conversation. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much, Brandon. Take cool. care. Um, yeah, have a great day and talk to you in the future.